Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Happy game day here in Hockey Town. Uh, the Red Wings capping their finale of their pre-All-Star game slate tonight with an 8 o'clock matchup in Minnesota against the Wild. I am your host, Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi. As always, it's a pleasure to have you here along for this episode of Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, before we get started, you know, I'm obligated to remind you that if you've liked what you've heard so far, feel free to, uh, you know, go into our page, leave a review, leave a rating, leave leave some feedback. You can insult me if you want, uh, you know, whatever it takes, because I need some feedback. We're looking to get this show rolling. If you haven't liked what you've heard so far, I don't know what you're still doing here, but uh, I do appreciate the chance to grow. So uh, regardless of why you're here and what you've liked and what you haven't liked, I appreciate you uh, joining us for Wednesday's show. I've got a little bit to cover uh, ahead of tonight's game against Minnesota. We will preview that uh, as well as update you guys on some injury news to come out of media availability yesterday. And uh, maybe if we have some time, take a trip or two down memory lane. Uh, So we'll start with that injury news. Um, Like I said, two guys who came out of Monday's game against Colorado, Mike Green and Franz Nielsen. Uh, Both those guys came out uh, in the first or second period and did not finish the game. Jeff Blasho confirming that Mike Green will probably be out for about two weeks. Uh, I believe Helene St. James, the Detroit Free Press, reported yesterday uh, she spotted him wearing a splint on his finger so probably uh if you were wondering what that upper body injury uh qualified as it was uh, a finger franz nielsen also will miss the game tonight in minnesota his injury is supposed to be less long term Uh, i think he was kind of a not a game time thing but i think that they uh they checked yesterday to see if he could go tonight uh, with this being the last game until January 31st, uh, the, obviously the All-Star game this weekend, and then the bye week to follow, uh, wouldn't expect him to miss any sort of extended time. And then even with Mike Green uh, in that two weeks, uh, shouldn't shouldn't be too many games missed uh, simply because of the fact that, well, the Red Wings got some time off after uh, after tonight. So with, uh, with Christopher N. and Jonathan Erickson, both with the team, those guys... Probably you will see them step in. Uh, Trevor Daly got some minutes on the on the power play second unit uh, the past couple nights. Uh, might likely might be likely to see him step into that role uh, on that first unit to replace Mike Green on the power play. Obviously, with the way the the special teams have looked lately, you really don't want to lose anybody uh, or any one of your key guys on your first unit. But that's just kind of the way that things have been going for Detroit this year. And then uh, regarding Anthony Mantha, with the timeline that was expected since going down on December 21st, Red Wings fans definitely expected to see him back at some point this season, but Jeff Blashill saying that while he doesn't anticipate uh, Anthony Mantha missing the rest of the season with that mid-body injury, and uh, while Mantha also doesn't anticipate missing the rest of the season, it does appear like that might be the case. Uh, I believe Jeff Blashill's direct quote was that he would miss at least a month, so that pushes a timeline. What's today's date? December, January 22nd. So looking at a uh, probably late February, early March return in the best-case scenario, you would like to see him return this season. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a debate, should you just shut him down? Should you get him healthy for next year? Uh, but this is definitely a scenario where you need him in the lineup because – Right now, you're not 
you're not fighting for wins. You're not competitive in a lot of games. And because of the fact that the Red Wings are so far in last place, it's also not like it's his. he's going to come back and hurt the team's draft position by scoring. And, you know, that's not really something that, that GMs and teams themselves think about in a way that the fans do. I know sometimes fans, I, I remember especially towards the end of last season, uh, were pretty critical of the team for winning some games down the stretch because it hurt their chance at getting that top pick. But organizations, you know, they're not ever really considering that. Uh, they might be if they're in full-on tank mode, uh, but really they want to see what they got, and this is a special case of that because of the fact that the, the Red Wings are so terrible. They, uh, they're they not really in any danger of not being the worst team in the league. So, you know, what the heck, let's, uh, let's get this guy back. You know, we talked the other day just about how badly Dylan Larkin needs help, and uh, and that's a big part of that, that that Anthony Mantha presence on that wing, that huge guy that can come down. He's a pure scorer. Uh, obviously, it's great that Phillips Adina is getting first-line minutes. That's great for his development. Uh, but, but you know, you would like to have Dylan Larkin be able to play with Anthony Mantha down the stretch and Tyler Bertuzzi because of the fact that those guys are pretty much your core and, uh, you know, they, they kind of beget each other when, when they're able to play together and able to help each other grow, help each other develop. Right now, you're kind of seeing something with Larkin on that first line where he's kind of tends to carry uh, it a little bit. Sometimes it's Tyler Bertuzzi as well. Uh, you know, they both kind of go through their ebbs and their flows, but both of them kind of helping Philip Zadina get accustomed to the league, and that's great. But uh, at the same time, you'd like to be able to mix and match and just have more of a veteran presence. Have, have your younger guys that are, that are kind of coming up and down uh, to be able to play with those top wingers to not only help those guys grow for the future, but also to kind of see what you have. Say, can they compete? Can they play on a line with Anthony Mantha? So just a, 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 an unfortunate situation that he uh, won't be back for at least another month. But hopefully that'll all that'll uh, hopefully that's all it will be and the Red Wings will be able to get him back because their scoring desperately needs it uh, as we've talked about pretty much every episode so far since we've started um, it's really just kind of been a, a complete crapshoot when it comes to having faith that this team can can score enough goals to win games on a regular basis and uh, certainly having your top score out does not help and then just the last note uh, to come out of yesterday, I saw a couple stories on it, so figured it was worth a mention. Both Ted Colfin of the Detroit News and uh, Dana Wakiji of DetroitRedWings.com reporting that the uh, the team had a lengthy, lengthy meeting uh, about D-zone coverage yesterday before an optional skate. I believe only 11 or 12 players participated in that, but every player was involved in this D-Zone coverage meeting uh, about how miscommunication is leading to missed assignments and and the top goal scorers are getting open and and getting missed and what have you. And that was a problem that we we addressed yesterday in our recap of their their game against the Avalanche on Monday. It seemed like every goal they scored was a Chell special where a guy out front, tape-to-tape pass, almost on rookie mode, guy goes bar down, it's too easy. Jimmy Howard's got no chance, 
And when you've got a goaltender who is keeping you in the games, you can't be giving up opportunities like that that are just, I mean, point blank. He doesn't even stand a chance. I think back to that McKinnon goal, the Nieto goal that pretty much sealed it. They were all just bang-bang plays where uh, just just lapses in D-zone coverage, backdoor guys, uh, cross-crease passes that just go completely undefended. It's it's really ugly. Uh, so I guess if, if you're hoping that they... Uh, clean it up, which, you know, I do, personally. It's frustrating to watch. I'm sure it's frustrating to watch for you as well. Uh, that's that's good news. Uh, Madison Bowie, I uh, got a quote from him here, this being relayed by Dana Wakiji from DetroitRedWings.com. He said, I think in the D zone especially, we've got to close quicker, make sure it's harder for other teams to get their top players rolling. So, uh, you know, I don't really anticipate too much to uh, come of this. I don't anticipate, obviously, Red Wings to all of a sudden become lockdown defenders, but it's good to know they're working on it. You know, it's like uh, it's like when you're a parent and uh, your kid's getting really bad grades, and then uh, you know you got to talk with them, and then the next day you see him sitting at the kitchen counter and and he's doing math homework, and you're like, uh, well, you're doing them all wrong, but you're trying. So. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like that, I think. Anyways, uh, preview coming up, Red Wings Wild. But first, a message. All right, we are back. And for those of you who have been clamoring for this Red Wings Wild preview, it is your lucky day. Uh, it's time to uh, time to analyze this, uh, this matchup between two last-place teams. Uh, Minnesota 22-21-6 at the moment. Uh, sitting at last place in the Central Division. They got off to a pretty horrendous start. Uh, they went 0-4, got outscored 21-10 to in those games after what was pretty wild offseason. Uh, GM Paul Fenton got fired after his first year on the job. Uh, really just a tumultuous situation going on there. Uh, some great reporting uh, by Michael Russo at The Athletic came out over the summer that just detailed his uh, his horrendous 14-month tenure as GM. It's pretty interesting, even if you're not uh, a, a necessarily somebody who really cares about the Wild, uh, just in terms of uh, inside, inside the biz type of deal. It's a pretty interesting story. Um, just kind of details his need to be a control freak about... Uh, you know, stories that would get out to the media and him being obsessed with finding the leak. Uh, he alienated everyone around him, couldn't grasp details, uh, you know, required by a general manager. Um, really interesting story. I recommend taking taking the time to read it. Uh, dare I say it was uh, wild stuff. Uh, like the Wings, like I said, last place in their respective division. 3-6-1 and one in their last 10, also like the Red Wings, so that's good news for those who are hoping for uh, maybe a random victory here on a Wednesday before the team goes to the All-Star break. Uh, but the difference between the Red Wings and the Wild, of course, being that uh, Detroit is the worst team in the league, while the Wild, while they are last place in the Central Division, really only seven, game, or seven points uh, out of a playoff spot right now. There's a pretty large cluster of teams in the Western Conference that are fighting for that 
but they got three games in hand on the Vegas Knights and two on the Arizona Coyotes, who both have 57 points right now in those first two wild card spots. Uh, Chicago and Winnipeg trail with 54, Nashville 51, and Minnesota right in that mix at uh, at 50. So their season is far from over. Obviously, the stretch they're on uh, doesn't help. They're going to look to get a win before they head into the All-Star break. So maybe, if anything else, that's, uh, that spells a little bit of a negative for the Red Wings, uh, a highly motivated team like we saw coming in the other night in the Florida Panthers. Uh, speaking of of Florida. The last game that Minnesota played was against those Panthers. Uh, Wings and Avs and Florida-Minnesota being the only games to uh, be played on Monday, That those MLK Day matchups. Wild also fell to the Panthers. This uh, this one in less dramatic fashion than the Red Wings did. It was a close one, 5-4. to four. Um, Red Wings obviously lost to them on the second night of a, a home back-to-back on Saturday. Uh, four to one. So these two teams have not played each other this season, but will meet again on February 27th at Little Caesars Arena. So should be a fairly competitive game, if nothing else. Both teams, of course, limping towards that All-Star break, but uh, could really use a win to boost the confidence. So I anticipate the boys will be playing hard in both green and white jerseys tonight. Um, the good news for the Red Wings is that uh, Minnesota is one and four. In its last five games against the Eastern Conference this season, obviously that doesn't mean much when you relay those kind of stats because uh, Detroit is an outlier in pretty much every way. A couple of big names uh, in the opposing starting lineup tonight. Some uh, NHL uh, NHL giants, well I wouldn't call them giants, but some pretty household NHL names. Obviously starting with leading scorer Eric Stahl. He's got 16 goals, 20 assists for Minnesota this season. Uh, Eric Stahl's career is kind of fascinating. He was obviously drafted by Carolina, uh, began to play for them at 19, played almost 82 games every year uh, uh, for them over the next decade or so. Struggled with injuries at times, played only 48 games in in 2012-2013, but uh, he, he ended up getting dealt... Uh, in what would probably be perceived as a career-worst year in 2015-2016. He finished with just 13 goals and 26 assists that season for a career-low 39 points on the year. Um, Really kind of looked like he he looked to be on the wrong side of his prime. Uh, He's 31 at that point when he got traded to the Rangers, finished out the season there, got just three goals and three assists in 20 games. No no points in those playoffs where uh, I think the Rangers lost in five to Pittsburgh. But uh, really just just a guy who kind of looked to be, uh, you know, catching up with father time. And, uh, and then once he gets traded to Minnesota, kind of revitalizes his career. Sometimes that's all guys need is that change of scenery. He got it a little bit when he went to New York, but when you're going to a playoff contender as a guy who is touted as a premium goal scorer and you are in one of the worst years of your career, if you don't produce right away, that's going to have some effect on your confidence. So maybe not too surprised that things didn't work out well for him in that in that brief stint that he had there, but really happy to see uh, the way he's kind of revitalized his career since he came back to Minnesota played 82 games in 2016 20 uh 
17, 82 games in 17, 18, 81 and 18, 19, and and he's just been an Iron Man for them. Put up 65 points in his first season there, then 76 uh, with 42 goals and 34 assists in that 2017, 2018 season. Uh, so really, just just one of those cool things where you have a guy who uh, is quiet, goes about the the game, does his business, uh, especially in a small market city like Carolina for so long. Those guys don't always get the credit they deserve to. So uh, you know, to see Eric Stahl go to Minnesota and, and do well, it's just a, just a really nice thing. All right, last segment of the day here for today's episode of Locked On Red Wings. If you haven't already, be sure to hop out of this uh, this app here and, and subscribe to Locked On Red Wings. Feel free to uh, there's a nice little share button. You can you can send it off to one of your friends. It makes a cool noise if you got an iPhone. It's like shoo. so. I always enjoy doing that just for the noise. Uh, so you can give it a shot, see what it sounds like. Uh, would highly recommend it. It's pretty satisfying. Um, last couple of things I want to get to, uh, I started to, you know, take a look at some of the players to watch tonight and I see the top three leading scorers are Eric Stahl, who we just talked about, Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, uh, Suter on the year, seven goals, 28 assists, uh, Parise, 19 goals, 12 assists. Um, and that really got me thinking back to, uh, to, to some better years of the Red Wings, 2012, the Zach Parise and Ryan Suter sweepstakes. The Red Wings lost out, but they were in the hunt. And uh, I was I was reading up on some stuff ahead of this podcast, and I found an article from from Bleacher Report, like back in 2012. <laughs> and it was uh, it was like a column about how this guy couldn't believe that the that that the Detroit Red Wings lost out to the Minnesota Wild for a free agent and it just kind of made me laugh it also made me cry a little bit like I remember I remember thinking when that whole thing was going on like it was like obviously why wouldn't they pick the Red Wings and I was going to start this off by asking do you remember where you were when you heard the news but I don't think I do it wasn't that important but I was still pretty crushed. Uh, obviously, both Parise and Suter getting uh, matching 13 million or 13-year, 90 million deals uh, from Minnesota in that 2012 season. But it kind of seemed like that was the the off season where like everything kind of started to fall apart for the Red Wings. Nicholas Lidstrom obviously retired, so uh, pursuing Suter was was an attempt to. Uh, replace him on that blue line. They lost Brad Stewart. Uh, really, just kind of marked the end. I don't. I don't really think that the Red Wings have been competitive on a on a free agent ever since, or on a big f- free agent like that ever since. I remember like years ago when Stamkos was like going to be a free agent, and everybody thought he was going to come to Detroit. And I don't know. It's just funny to me. Times have certainly changed here in Hockey Town. I couldn't tell you the last time I expected the Red Wings to even be in on a big-name free agent, let alone be the front-runner to land him. Uh, but I certainly do miss those days, and I do <laughs> I do miss the drama of like being involved in like that day-to-day, that day-to-day, uh, you know, grind of do we have the best possible team we can be? Because right now it's like obviously the answer is no. 
Uh, but you know, when your team's a couple pieces away from a Stanley Cup, those are obviously things you're going to pay much more attention to. Didn't necessarily work out for Suter and Parise, other than the fact that they did get paid. Uh, I don't think they've made it past the second round since they've been there. But uh, yeah, just 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 reminiscing today on a Wednesday morning, uh, thinking back to all the good times when the Red Wings were good, and uh, and had the chance to get guys like Suter and Parise, and we're in a position to need guys like Suter and Parise. Obviously, everybody could use a, a, a two guys like them, but uh, in terms of like actually being able to use their skills to win you a cup. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's for the best that they didn't get them because they're going to be paying a lot of. They're going to get paid a lot of money into their into their forties. I think at least one of them's getting paid that much till he's forty. The other one, I think, the deal goes till he's thirty nine. So um, obviously, right now, it, it's not that big of an issue. They're still producing. They're the second and third leading scores. Uh, and Parise especially dangerous on that penalty or on that power play unit, uh, which is bad news for Detroit. Minnesota's got the sixth best power play in the Western Conference. Uh, Detroit, obviously, as we've talked about extensively in our game recaps over the last couple days, uh, has given up back-breaking power play goals and far, far too many, far too many occasions uh, that either flipped the game on its head or uh, downright lost for them. Uh, Zach Parise, as we mentioned, dangerous on that power play with nine of his 19 goals on that first unit. So uh, that'll definitely be a matchup to watch as well. And then another name, uh, you know, if you're if you're maybe not as familiar with the Minnesota Wild, looking for a young guy to uh, to latch on to, Kevin Fiala, 23 year old winger. Um, he's having a pretty solid year for Minnesota this season. Former 11th overall pick by Nashville in 2014. Got uh, shipped over at the trade deadline last year for Michael Granlund. And he's on pace for a career year right now. He's got nine goals and uh, 18 assists through 44 games. And uh, like Eric Stahl, another guy with kind of an interesting, uh, maybe not interesting backstory, but kind of a cool, a little bit of a comeback story. Uh, Fiala in 2017 on the Predators broke his femur, uh, which I've never done before. I don't know if you have, but uh, given that, you know, the thickness of that bone and where it's located on your body and how much it's protected by, like, muscle and fat and stuff like that, it seems like a really, really disgusting, horrific bone to break. So good for him. Uh, one of those, <laughs> another one of those guys, you know, happy to see him doing well. So a lot of things going on tonight. Uh, like I said, We'll probably see uh, Jonathan Erickson and Christopher N. enter the lineup tonight to replace Mike Green and uh, Franz Nielsen. I believe that they'll probably bring somebody up to replace Mike Green uh, after the All-Star break, but with uh, that game not happening until January 31st, I bl- they'll probably just hold off for a bit. Griffins also have a game tonight against the Iowa Wild. Uh, that will be game six of their eight-game home stands so they'll look to extend their point streak to seven games so that's what's going on in hockey town uh january 22nd in the year of our lord 2020 we'll be back tomorrow to recap everything that went down in tonight's uh tonight's matchup against the minnesota wild a little cool nugget well not really a nugget just more of a fact uh red wings playing on nbc sports network tonight uh which 
Uh, not often they get to play on national television, uh, so hopefully they don't embarrass themselves too bad. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. You never know with this team. Uh, sometimes they come out and they look competitive for the entire game and then still lose by three, like you saw against Florida. Sometimes uh, it's a game like Colorado where you kind of wonder how the heck they're in it, as late as they are. And uh, you never really know what you're going to get from this team. And I guess if there's one reason to keep watching, that's it. So I'll be watching. Hopefully you watch. We can talk about it tomorrow. I'll see you guys then.